studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Mm-hmm. Hey, every morning at 9 o'clock, Sarah Gazelle joins us once again. Not that she ever went anywhere. She's, she's with <laughs> us all morning. But uh, takes us through some social studies on our Twitter account at Pickley underscore Murata. Let's do that now. What do you say, Sarah? Let's do this thing. You know, we'll do social studies for as long as Elon Musk allows, uh, allows us to. We don't know how much longer <laughs> that's going to exist. I was thinking about that's it. That's like, why. Yeah, listen. This I know you are addicted to Twitter. It is such a tire fire right now. It is. Truly. It always has been, but just to, to a different degree. Could we easily shift this to Instagram? I wouldn't say easily, but we could. Social studies become a TikTok phenomenon? Yeah. It, the, com- yeah. the comments would be tougher to sift through, but my, social studies will do anything. MySpace still a thing? I don't, I don't think so. I think Tom took his, his money and, and yet, disappeared wherever is he Pinterest is. Pinterest a thing, Sarah? <laughs> Pinterest, Actually, there we go. Pinterest has seen a resurgence. It oh, really? Is, okay. Yes. Uh, it, is, it is a big thing. Um, I'm not a participant, but I know that a lot of other people are. All right. All right let's get into social studies. Uh, a big topic of conversation on yesterday's show, guys. Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray, who do you start against the 49ers on Monday Night Football uh, next week? And so with this question, we've got Kyler, Colt, and Trace McSorley listed. We're assuming that Kyler is at 75% with his hamstring injury. We're assuming that Colt McCoy is at about 90% with his knee issue uh, suffered Sunday. And Trace McSorley, flawless, 100%. Yes. Who would you want? Who would you pick to start at quarterback on Monday? Kyler, Colt, or Trace McSorley? Under that assumption of percentages, yes. Yes. Colt McCoy at 90% is the answer. Yeah, and it's it's really hard for a lot of people to get their heads around this conceptually because Kyler Murray has been so good at times. He's been an MVP candidate. He's pulled off miracles. There was an episode early in the in the first Hard Knocks where James Conner screaming at him, you're special, man. Yes. You're special. And that was after the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to go, wait a minute, what do you mean? You've got to sit that guy for this guy? Look at the way the offense has not performed recently. Contrasted with how they looked at the Rams, I would like to see more of that and see how it translates to a team like the 49ers. So to me, if it's really going to be a matter of who's the numbers you pointed out. Yes. The right numbers of health and who's best suited for the job. And I also just really, I don't think it's not the worst thing in the world to kind of teach this kid some, yeah. some tough accountability here. Mm-hmm. I would change my answer if Colt and Kyler were both at 90. My answer would be Kyler. Sure. But that makes sense. That 15% differential means a lot. Absolutely. Colt McCoy at 90% has 84% of the vote who they would want to start Monday against San Francisco. 11% say take Kyler Murray at 75%. 4% say skip QB1, skip QB2, give me Trace McSorley. And cue up the song. Let's go. <laughs> my name is Trace McSorley. Uh, Apache Jedi Bear says hamstrings can hold anybody hostage. True. Kyler Murray is at his best with working legs. 
Colt doesn't need a lot of mobility to be successful, so that's a vote for Colt McCoy. James Atwood says if Kyler is only 75%, he's got to sit and get healthy for the final stretch of the season, whether it's a good final stretch or a bad final stretch. The Cardinals need a W in the worst way against San Francisco, but it does them no good if they lose Kyler in the process. Completely agree with that, James. KJ says, ooh, the bandwagon for Kyler is getting smaller and smaller by the day. As Herm Edwards would say, I'm on the train. Listen, can I can I riff on Herm Edwards? I, w- <laughs> I was getting visibly angry watching him just emote on first take with Stephen A. Smith. And I'm thinking, that cat didn't show half that emotion while he was coaching at this football team here. Ooh, yeah. Uh, he's back full. He's back into full-on ESPN yep. mode, and, and again, it just it just rubs me the wrong way. Absolutely, and I imagine a lot of ASU fans are feeling that same way, seeing hey. him just scoot on into the next job. Nobody and just on doing that all sh- the Of course, he's like, animated. Nobody on that show is committing too many fouls. I will ride this train until it until it stops. That's right. It's not going to stop. But where was that energy coaching this team? <laughs> All right, let's get to our next question. The Phoenix Suns lost to the Heat last night, 113-112. Uh, probably the most notable stat from the night, four free throw attempts for the Suns compared to 25 for Miami. Open-ended question, what is your biggest concern with the team right now? Big. No, go ahead, Vinny, you can start. Uh, my biggest concern currently is that... Uh I don't have any turquoise key team gear, so I don't know what I'm going to wear tomorrow night. got to oh, fix boy. that. <laughs> oh, that stuff is so good. Uh, big picture, what's the point guard spot? We've seen yeah. really uh, recently two very good examples of campaign uh, filling in. He had 23 and then 22 points. Had a, had a zero turnover game and a win. That was a plus. Um when Chris Paul is back, I I still think they need more at that position. That's not a knock on Cameron Payne. I would like to see somebody else. If they're truly going to manage the workload of Chris Paul, they're going to need more more people to, to handle that job. Yeah, I think. I, I, I'm with him on that. Uh, I wonder exactly, okay, this is supposed to be a day-to-day thing. Devin, oh, Chris is fine, right. and now this is three games yes, he's missed? three games. This sore heel? I, I, I don't know if this is the Suns looking at Chris Paul and realizing, yep, age is catching up to him fast, and yeah. we need to shorten his basketball season dramatically, mm-hmm. or whether he's dealing with something that's more serious than a heel issue. He practiced yesterday, so I think the first thing you offered might be more accurate. Okay. Like the, the, the reality of it is, is like, okay, we, we, we rode this guy hard for two years. We yeah. got to ease up a little and bit. That's, and that's and I, and I'm okay with that, yeah. but last night at the that end game situation, you could see where they could use his decision, his lead, True. his on-court directing, air traffic controlling. That Absolutely, stuff. yeah. All right, biggest concern for the Suns uh, from our listeners right now, Anthony Berenger says, D.A., with that paycheck, he's got to be better and more dominating on both ends. Uh, Chad Rudinger says DA and Mikel Bridges need to be better second and third option scorers while Cam Johnson is out. Uh, Corpse Shasta says too many new unis and clothing options for me to buy. It's really cutting into my budget. (laughs) I completely agree. Uh, And then Free Dumb Sons 
says, no concerns. The team is incomplete until the Jay Crowder trade happens. The team is doing a good job hanging on. Speaking of which, I like AZ Kid's response. Lack of consistency and lack of Jay Crowder jerseys at the team show. <laughs> <laughs> There's one last question we don't have time to get to. Maybe at the end of the I'm going to bring yes. it up at the end of the show. Absolutely. Okay. We Stick around for 945. When did you peak as a person? Let's talk about glory days at 945. Very introspective oh, yeah. discussion coming up at 945. We've got a good guest next, so we've got to Thank you, Sarah. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on uh, social studies, which we'll continue later. Coming up next, we will talk to that very special guest. Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner, back from Deutschland. Graybeard, right? <laughs> He was. Did you see him? He was Greybeard in Germany. Yes, it's glorious, isn't it? My man. We'll talk to uh, Kurt next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, it's always great when we are joined by our next guest, Hall of Famer, NFL Network, Westwood One broadcaster, the one, the only Kurt Warner joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Kurt, good morning to you. Good morning. How's the good jet? Morning. Welcome how's, back, Kurt. How's the jet lag at this point? I'm all right at this point. It seemed to, uh, it worked out well. We uh, had a good night's sleep. We left around noon uh, Munich time, and so I stayed up most of the day, and we got home about 10 o'clock last night and got a good night's sleep, so I feel pretty good right now. It's the way to do it. All right, the vibe and the energy in that stadium just jumped off the television screen. You were there. Uh, take us behind the scenes. What did that look like? What did it feel like? It sure seemed like that country was into that football game. They definitely were. You know, I played in in Europe, um, you know, way back before I got into the NFL. And every time we went to Germany, um, the crowds were better. Uh, They better understood uh, our game, I think, a lot because of um, the different naval bases, military bases we had over there. So there was kind of a built-in fan base. Um, And that's exactly what it felt like, um, you know, going over there was that there was just a knowledge of our game that was a little bit different than, you know, maybe you see in Mexico. Or, or in London as they're learning our game. Uh, there were jerseys all over the place, and the cool thing was that it just ramped up as we got closer to the game. You know, very much like a Super Bowl feel that, you know, we got there on Wednesday, and, you know, you'd see some jerseys and you'd see some people kind of hanging out, um, you know, by the different NFL things that they had. And then by the time it was Saturday, we went out in the afternoon, and, I mean, it was wall-to-wall people, jerseys all over the place, uh, you know, hustle and bustle, and then it just carried over to Sunday in the game and the place was full and the fans were great and they seemed to really understand you know when to cheer and uh, I think there were fans for both teams uh, not just you know the game as a whole but for both teams which is which is kind of cool to have you know some built-in fan bases that are over there or that traveled over to, to watch the game and then we got a you know really good football game and you know, maybe the coolest part for all of us after the game was over um, you know they started playing a bunch of American songs yep. and it was like a sing-along um, yeah. you know that everybody stayed in the stadium uh, drinking beer and singing songs and, and having a blast. It was just a really, really cool, exciting environment, and I think something that was very welcoming for the NFL and something that I think they see and go, man, we've got to figure out a way to do more of this, um, you know, in Europe as a whole, but but definitely in Germany. Yeah, and before we move off the, the European subject, with your experience playing there, your experience being there, and it's been talked about for so long, Kurt, like the NFL wants to branch out to different areas of the world on a permanent basis do you do you think a, a team teams a division in europe would ever really be a viable option 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, a division over there to me makes more sense than a team. I think it's such a huge disadvantage to a team if one team has to travel that much to play. If you're able to create some sort of division where, you know, a, you know, a good portion of their games are kind of played there, uh, yeah, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Um, but I, again, I mean, I, I think back to NFL Europe, and I think that, you know, a plan like that is such a good thing for the NFL as a whole, just being able to, to have a feeder league that can help, uh, you know, groom some of these guys. And we've saw, seen it, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, some of those positions that don't get a chance to play. Um and the fan bases are, are, are getting bigger and they're starting to understand our game. So it makes sense to have a presence there. I just don't know exactly how it looks from a competitive standpoint to make it uh, something that's truly viable, you know, week in and week out. And, and to me, it only makes sense if you had four teams over there that, you know, wouldn't have to travel um, nearly as much. All right. I really want to get your thoughts on, on what you see from Tom Brady, but I want to preface it by saying that my part has said many times that the last game you played as a pro might have come after the very best game you ever played and you played that last playoff game in New Orleans and it was very violent and and you know your wife is looking out for you and she wants your back and you made the decision to walk away from the sport and I think everybody can agree you might have left a little on the table to to be a better husband to be a husband because you're living in the middle of a love story and and you respect that Um, Tom Brady's divorce is playing out very publicly and, and part of that narrative is because he just can't walk away from that table. What do you feel? What do you see when you watch him play football? Does any of it resonate with you that way? Um, Yeah, I mean, it resonates with you. I mean, you understand what you have to give to play this game. And you understand how much, you know, your family, your wife gives up uh, when you do it for a long time. Um, You know, Tom's been doing it for a long time, has obviously been extremely committed to his craft. Um, And, you know, it's funny that my wife and I have had the conversation a little bit. We're even having it now as I'm in retirement and still doing a lot of things in retirement where she's just like, you know, at this point, I thought we'd be doing something different. You know, I thought that, you know, there would be, you know, more time for us and just focusing on our family. And that was kind of what, in my mind, I I signed up for. And so you understand that strain and you understand, you know, the, the perspective of your significant other when they've done so much and given so much and made up for all the times that you've missed and the things you couldn't do yet that, you know, they say, I signed up for this, but I didn't think it was going to be 25 years of this. You know, I didn't think some of, you know, our best years together and where our kids were so formidable that, you know, that we'd still be doing this full time. And and so I I definitely understand that. And, you know, I think there's the other side too, that, um, you know, when you can do this and you know that it's a finite career, you know, for Tom more than uh, maybe less than, than others, but we know that we only get to play so long. And then you have, you know, quote unquote, the rest of your life to try to figure out something different. And so when you can do it at a high level and when, you know, it still fulfills that passion inside of you, I understand the other side of it as well and how hard it is to to walk away from something that you've done for so long. And then again, more importantly, something that you'll never do again. Like you don't get this back. You know, you don't get to go five years and and take it off and then come back and, and do it again. You know, it just doesn't work that way. And so I understand the pull on both sides. And, 
you know, I, I feel for both sides, you know, I, you know, heard it voiced from, you know, from the, the other side and I know what I was feeling at the time. And, uh, it's a tough, delicate balance that you have to try to figure out what's the best thing overall for, for, you know, for your whole family. Like you're a unit, you've done this as a unit for so long that sometimes, you know, even as a player, knowing that you'll never get to do this again, sometimes you have to go, you know, it's, it's what's best for everybody else. Even if it may not be what's best for me now, it's best for everybody else because they've made what's best for me mm-hmm. the priority for so long. Tom Brady is a fascinating subject as we uh, continue to talk to Kurt Warner. Um, for him to be doing this still at this age and, and looking at your career, and I agree with Bick, I think you had a lot left in the tank when you walked away at 38, Kurt, but when you look at what Tom Brady is still doing at this level at the age of 45, can you imagine just physically playing NFL football until that age based on your own personal experience? I mean, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because I would say yes. Uh, and because you wanted to come back uh, at that age? Is that, I mean, I feel like I could come back and play now. I bet um, you could. You know, with with the nature of the game, um, you know, with the lack of hits that you take, the way it's, you know, focused on the offense. So there's so many more throws at the line of scrimmage where you're not standing in the pocket and you're not, you know, getting hit, you know, nearly as much just in the course of a game. Um you know, and, and there's another element. You know, I tell people all the time when, when I was playing, the element of nutrition, uh, taking care of your body, having a masseuse, all of that stuff that guys, you know, will spend a million dollars a year on now because the salaries are, are, are crazy, um, was not a part of what we really did at the time. You know, we didn't have all that. You guys have seen it at the Cardinals facility, the transformation of the, you know, uh, of the cafeteria and the kind of food that they, you know, they're putting in the players. And all of that stuff is so different now than it was when I, when I was playing. And so that's another aspect of it that I say, not just do I feel good physically and do, you know, I have strength in the same size and, and feel like I could still do that. I feel like I would have, you know, I would have had a team around me to help me, you know, physically be able to, you know, to sustain that level of play for a lot longer. And so, you know, Tom does a great job of that. Obviously, he's he's different and he's a freak in some ways anyways. Um, but, you know, I you think you put all of that together and I, I don't think it's going to be rare that we're going to see quarterbacks playing well into their 40s. I think there's a number of guys that could do it right now. So, I just think all of those factors play into uh, what Tom's doing now to some degree. And again, he's, he's different, but to some degree. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, physically I, I could have done it, um, you know, a lot longer than I did, but you know, there were other, other choices as we talked about that, that I had. Yeah. Kurt, thanks so much as always for uh, joining us. Really appreciate the, uh, the insight as you got it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you. Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, NFL Network, Westwood One, former Cardinal quarterback, and uh, one of the all-time greats, sports radio and football. He joined us here on uh, the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, more on the Arizona Cardinals as they get ready for another crucial game in Mexico City on uh, Monday night against San Francisco. That's next. Really? Mer- How about mustache, not a mustache, my oh. friend? Oh, wait. It is. It is. It is related to the Mexico City. Wow! Game. I forgot to write that down. 
I was just teasing people to see what the reaction would be. Okay. Don't you take away our mustache. I, I apologize, Jarrett. No, no. I, I'm sure the audience would rather hear you than me. <laughs> <laughs> mustache, not a mustache is next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Before we get into that round of mustache, not a mustache that Vince just completely forgot about, we're going, to, <laughs> we're going to our website, ArizonaSports.com, to look at today's poll question. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, who was the better running back for the Cardinals this season? Eno Benjamin or James Conner? I think, uh, you know, Benjamin by a little bit. I don't know if that would be the case going forward, but I think up to, uh, just what they've accomplished this season. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, ben- Benjamin. It's very close. Obviously, different roles and, and responsibilities. Yes. I would, you know, based on expectation, I would probably give the edge to Eno. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that was the thought process for our listeners as well. Yeah. 55% said Eno was the better running back this year. 45% say James Conner. And I'll say this, too. And part of the reason why is, because, yeah, James Conner's numbers have taken a, a, a step back. There's offensive line issues which makes what Eno did behind that same offensive line a little bit more impressive, in my opinion. But it's close. Yep. You can vote on that right now. It's a Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Mustache. Not a mustache. A mustache, a mustache, a mustache. Big mustache, big mustache, my mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache. A mustache, a mustache. Now we both have said mustache, a mustache. Okay, so this is about mustaches. Okay, this is a special edition of America's fastest growing facial hair related quiz sensation, mustache. Not, Not a mustache. mustache. Today. Where'd this come from? <laughs> Such a moron. <laughs> and I will be playing a soundbite from a movie, a TV show, a song, or an interview, and Bickley and Murata will have to tell me whether the person talking or sitting has a mustache or does not have a mustache. First one, the 10 wins. You can get a bonus point if you correctly identify the person today because the Cardinals are playing Monday night in Mexico City and because next Tuesday will be a big red Tuesday and we might not do mustache on a mustache. These are all Mexico themed clues. Okay. Mexico themed clues. Vince, I believe you won last week. Would you like to go first or second? I will defer to the second half and Bick can receive the kickoff. All right. Bickley, your first clue. Um, I don't know. Not a mustache. Not a mustache is correct. You're going to be mad at me, so I'm not even going to tell you who it is. Can you tell me? Who do we have a, Do we have an audience that's listening? <laughs> yeah, help them out, Jared. It's Roger Klein from the Refreshment Days. Sorry, that was his big radio hit song that made it. All right, Vinny, mm-hmm. your first clue, Mexico themed. Whoa, whoa. 
Uh, that is uh, Wall of Voodoo. And I believe the lead singer did not have a mustache. That is correct, and that is correct. Two points for you. Dan Bickley. I was cold, man. It was real cold. You wouldn't even think that all those people down there know about football like that, man. Just to go down there and meet them, we got some great fans down there. I met a lot of great people, man. And I'm looking forward to going back there later on in the season. And the fans out there, man, it's it's crazy. And just like the soccer fans and that soccer stadium we're going to be playing in, that's going to be even bigger, man. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to going back down there. Um, Still don't have a clue, mustache. Oh, no. That is correct, mustache. That's Marcus Golden of the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Vince Murata. Yes. It's a pleasure working with you. Well, you dirty-eating piece of slime. (laughs) You scum-sucking pig. You son of a motherless goat. Uh, That is Steve Martin. I'm guessing from Three Amigos. Uh, not a mustache. That is correct, and that is correct. That is Steve Martin from Three Amigos, set in Mexico. Dan Bickley. Yeah. That is Carlos Santana mustache. That is Carlos Santana. That is a mustache. I don't even know if he's saying many other songs other than that. Always plays guitar. All right, Vince. Yes. You have this one. Anthony Kiedis, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I'm guessing that was before his wispy mustache stage. So I'll say not a mustache. That is correct. A truly, truly horrible mustache that he has now. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to give it to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. They're, they got to be nearing 60, and they still are often, often shirtless. Hey. That is true. Yeah, more more than up, I can say about myself. Sit-ups go a long way. Absolutely. I'm almost to the point where I'm wearing a shirt in the shower. <laughs> the pool, definitely. I might pull one out in the shower. You never do. Those rash guards make it good for us uh, belly type of people like myself. All right. Dan Bickley. Tell you where I go. To Ateneo. To Mexico. A little place on the Pacific Ocean. You know what the Mexicans say about the Pacific? They say it has no memory. Uh, no clue, not a mustache. Not a mu- You're great on the mustache ones. Perfect on those. That's Tim Robbins from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, right, six five. Vince Murata. Yep. Sancho, when you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. <laughs> it's for fun. A movie I never saw, and I never will go back and see. I, I think it's it. I think that's Jack Black from Nacho Libre, uh, Mustache. That is correct. That is Jack Black from Nacho Libre. That is a mustache. Did anybody see that movie? I did. No. Was it good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of quotable, but it's a pretty dumb movie. It's all right. It's okay. All right. All right. Uh, Dan Bickley, stay alive. 
Was, I, I think this was not a mustache. James Taylor with a mustache. According to the album cover, at least. And that's all I can go by at this point. Why don't you call James Taylor and ask him? I could. <laughs> now, that, now, hold on. Yeah, you're right. That's because he was mustacheless on Greatest Hits, but that wasn't necessarily... No, this is from the album yeah. Gorilla. Got it. Okay. All right. Vince, this is just for fun now, but you have to. we have to get this one in. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when the stars above came out to play. Uh, Sinatra, and I think that was from his full dyed black beard phase. <laughs> that was when he became Hollywood Frank Sinatra and joined uh, the NWO. Yes, not, not a mustache. That is Frank Sinatra, not a mustache. Yeah. And I apologize for for uh, I didn't mean to give you difficult ones, Dan. Jared, don't apologize. I don't want you to berate me during the commercial break. No, I we're we're well past that. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> well, in that in that case, that was the Mexico edition of Mustache. Not a mustache. I laughed so hard that hurt. We're well past that. Uh, some final thoughts on this Tuesday straight ahead. Bigly and Murata mornings. Live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, so this is about mustaches. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata. Song of the Day. Look, I know Springsteen is just an enormous artist. More enormous for some than others. This was, I mean, this album was the height of his his powers, right? Born in the USA? Definitely. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah, no Mid-80s, doubt Mid 80s, I mean, Springsteen was everywhere. Yep. And this song was right at the heart of it. And, uh, well, not my favorite song. I hate the fact that he uses the term speedball when describing a pitch in baseball. Nobody talks Ooh, like that. Nobody talks like that. And he's a baseball That's fan. Not what a speedball is. Um, oh. <laughs> Here's the it, was the, it was the 80s. It's a, a speedball on the outside corner, got it. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that once. <laughs> of course, we're going to have a callback to earlier in the show. That's the reason why we relied on Bruce Springsteen for a little glory days. Today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Uh, going back to, uh, well, first, uh, Daily Dose of Vinny Do Trivia. Kind of Glory Days themed, but we just had Kurt Warner on the show, who was just in Germany, broadcast the game where we saw Leonard Fournette try to throw a pass to Tom Brady. I looked it up. Kurt Warner, in his NFL career... Had exactly one reception. Your question is, who threw the pass that Kurt Warner caught? The year was... The year was 2005. 
And your hint is yes. The total trick question. Jeremy Shockey. Oh. No. He was a, he, he was with the Cardinals then. Oh, okay. The, the, the trick part of it is it was thrown by Kurt Warner. What? Kurt Warner threw it, deflected it, and caught, caught it. it. Oh, wow. So you get the completion, wow. the attempt, the reception, and How it went and that? it went for no yards. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Amazing. That's a good tri- trivia question. Yeah. I should have I should have unloaded that on Kurt, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh, that would have been yeah. Yeah, so the uh, the Glory Days question, the reason why we played Glory Days uh, was back to our social studies question that we didn't have time for. When did we uh, remembering the beginning of the show is a challenge for yes. me sometimes because we, we cover so much ground. How did this come up in discussion? The seventy-two Dolphins. Oh, that's right. Cheersing to the Eagles okay. losing last there, night. There we go. Yes. So Jared asked the question on social studies: When did you peak as a person? When were your glory days? This could be really depressing for the wrong person. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that person being me. <laughs> Stop. I haven't had a peak yet. Not yet. I'm still, stri- yet still striving, but I'd love to hear what people said. Yeah. Let's go to Tom Foss. He says, in fifth grade, <laughs> I was a starter on our eighth grade basketball team. I was a star on our championship Little League baseball team. And I scored five t- t- touchdowns in one football game playing three positions. Dang, Tom. Okay, Tom Foss. Benjamin Peterson says, I think I'm living my glory days right now. I'm old enough to be over all of the drama and immaturity of my younger years, but still young enough to not be completely jaded yet. Yet is the key word. Uh, This was a funny one from Just Ron. He says, after serving a tour of duty, working third shift at a Waffle House, (laughs) and then joining the Army, I was cold-blooded. And then someone responded, thanks for your service. Third shift at Waffle House is a grind. There's a lot of answers that had the same theme, like Brian. 1976 Little League. Yes. Best year ever. Yes. I'm 56 now, and it's been all downhill from there. <laughs> I feel you, Brian. A lot of that. Uh, for me, it's not about accomplishment peaking. It's about your mental state, your happiness. For sure. I'm going back early 20s. Life was simple. It was not easy because, you know, when you have no money, life's never easy. Mm -hmm. But I just remember having a good time all the time. Bic, any thoughts from you? No, I, I just I, I I naturally rebel against this question because I I would not never want to admit that that is in your rearview mirror. Absolutely, yeah. you'll like this answer from Mario Pinedo. He says I played in bands as a young man and I had some success. Fast forward 15 years, I play with a high school buddy starting up again. We play a show at a nice local venue here in the valley. We sell some tickets. We do well, and we got to open up for Sublime on New Year's. Wow. It was so sick. That's cool. So like you, he did not accept, hey, my high school band yeah. days, that was the end. Right, that's no, right. they started it that's up again. Right. Nice. Yeah. Shout out Mario. That's awesome. I did laugh at this one, too, from Joshua. I'd have to say when I was 26 and stepped in an MMA ring to fight another man. What? Haven't had abs since. <laughs> <laughs> not familiar with the term ab. Can we tell what you about ab? Revitalized. Did yes. you see this? We, we didn't get into this yesterday, but... Uh, 
J.J. Watt, his touchdown that was called back, Cleet Blakeman admitted, hey, I, I screwed up. I'm yeah. sorry. Cardinals went in and scored anyway. Uh, somebody reached out with a, a picture of a parlay where they had a three a three leg parlay where J, uh, Cardinals scoring a defensive touchdown was one of them. They took a picture of it and they replied to J.J. Watt. They blew that play dead, but you would have uh, walked to the end zone. Should have won a thousand dollars. Want to help a brother out? J.J. Watt responded and said, yeah, you got screwed. We both did. I got you. DM me your address. Wow. I don't know if he's just wow. sending him a jersey or something or if he's paying out the $1,000. Yeah. Holy smokes. Either way. He's the king of that. J.J. Watt, humanitarian. Man of the people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, J.J. Watt, can I have $1,000? Yeah. Hey, J.J. Watt, I miss that parlay too, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, for you, sure. You know what I always say? You miss 100% of the parlays you don't bet. <laughs> uh, thanks to Shane Doan, Bobby Hurley, Kurt Warner. Thanks to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Wolf and Luke up next.